being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Second hour, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Larry Younger answering phones today. Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer. The guys from Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder. Justin and Josh both with us today. And Kurt Rogers was with us a little bit there in that that last uh, half Second, hour. Yeah. So he's going to stay on because he's going to answer our question of the day. Before that, let's talk to Andy. Andy, what's going on today? I got a uh, 06 Ford Explorer. Okay. 92,000 miles on it. And the check engine light just came on, and I went to Napa. I replaced the gas cap, and uh, so far nothing. I'm wondering if it, if I need to reset it with a technician or something. You would want to reset it, yeah, after you replace the gas cap. You know, clear the codes out of it, or drive it for or a drive length of time. But it's going to take quite a while. A bit of time. Did you run any codes, Andy? Uh, I haven't got it checked yet. I mean, a lot of those parts stores will let you run a code, but. Sometimes when you run a code, that's like finding a zip code when you need an address. Right. You may may need a technician to help you, but sometimes you can run a code and kind of pinpoint it. Oh, but eventually it'll go away, you're saying, or no? If if that fixed the problem, eventually driving it, it would go away. It will take some time. There's a certain amount of drive cycles that the vehicle and the computer need to go through before it would reset itself if, in fact... That's the fix for the problem. If it's not, no, it's going to stay on. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, thank you. I appreciate your help. You're very welcome, Andy. Thank you. And, yeah, these guys are up in the Lafayette, Boulder area. They can take care of you, by the way, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder. And for you guys that are listening, if you're in that north part of town, just go to the website, drive-radio.com. You can find Legacy listed there really easy. Give them a call Monday, and they'd be happy to take care of you. All right, Kurt, what's your answer for the question of the day? Don't change your clothes when you're driving. People yeah, do that, you know. Yeah, I've you seen know, that. Put makeup on, people shaving. I actually saw people <laughs> trying to get out of their shirt and their pants and change into something else while they're driving. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a pullover. That's not something you really yeah, should that's, do. Let's not do that <laughs> cracks me up when I see it. You know, somebody got their elbow in the steering wheel and they're putting makeup on. <laughs> Hello. I'm getting to the point, and I put a lot of miles on during the week, so I see a lot of different things, much like Kurt just said. and. <laughs> I would not have said this a couple of years ago, but it's gotten worse as of late. Now, there's a lot of folks with hands-free, and I'm, if you want to talk on the phone while you're hands-free, you know what, knock your socks off. I still think that it's still you're doing two things at once, and I still don't think you're as attentive to things when you're talking on the phone and driving. So I'm kind of one where if you don't have to talk on the phone at all while you're driving, don't. If you can avoid it at all, do so. I know there's times where that cannot be avoided if you've got hands-free fine you know if you need to talk on the phone go for it i will say this though if you have to put the receiver to your ear don't Mm -hmm. i can tell you this past week 
I passed about four to five different individuals, all driving in the left lane, all talking on the phone with the with the phone up to their ear. And I'll be honest, they could not hold a consistent speed in the left lane while talking on the phone because they're trying to hold the phone, drive, dink around, do all these different things. And they were completely distracted while they were driving. And it was an accident waiting to happen. And I did whatever I could to get around them in the left lane, knowing that the, whoever's behind them can deal with that because I'm not. Because they had no idea what they were doing while they were talking on the phone and trying to drive at the same time, especially in the left lane. Now, if they're in the far right lane and they want to do all that, then, you know, whatever, I guess, knock your socks off. But if you're in the left lane, get off the dang phone. I'm just saying, drive. Get off the phone. Yeah, 75 miles an hour. passing in the left lane, get off the left well, lane. Well, that's another that's one. That's the law. Thank <laughs> you. That's real simple. That's another one. But if you're not going by the car in the right lane, move. I mean, I have literally this last week, and I'm not exaggerating, I've had that happen. I saw somebody the other day literally with the phone in her lap texting as she was driving, Mm -hmm. not doing the speed limit in a Porsche Cayenne, which I know can do the speed limit. (laughs) Quickly. Porsche Cayenne, middle lane, texting on her seat. And how did I know that? Because when you drive a higher vehicle like I drive and you look out the window to kind of see what is this person doing, and you can see them texting in their lap, I can see it all right there. You know, on top of that, John, a Porsche Cayenne, I think you can text from the car. I think you can I do think lots you can of just things. Talk yes, to text you. from thank that you, car. I don't think you even need to pick up your phone. Yeah, thank you. So while, why are you texting in your lap and not being able to drive? Is But again, what, question of the day is what should you not do while drying, uh, driving, I should say. Joe and Loveland, what's going on? Yeah, I ask if you, if you guys ever get a Sequoia in. Ooh. That's a tough one, Joe. And I'm not. I'm <laughs> yeah. not them. Retail number to buy that vehicle uh-huh. before we recondition it, so I can get you one. But um, you, you're probably going to be a couple grand over retail to buy it. That's a that's a one that everyone fights over. Yeah, uh, no, it's a good one. What year are you looking for, Joe? Uh, something probably around, um, say. Uh, 17 or 18. Okay. 2017, 2018 yeah, model year. Actually, you might be able to get a better deal on that. The older ones are where you're going to pay pay up. Mm-hmm. That, that you might be able to pay fair market value for a 17 or 18. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll come up there one day and we'll... Uh, yeah, just come chat with Justin. They'll figure it out for you, Joe. Yeah, be okay. glad to. Yeah, be happy to do that. Thank you very much. Joe, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And the new Sequoias, they're a hot item as well. Mm-hmm. Good luck on finding a new one. So... Those of you listening don't know, this particular year, Toyota released a new version of the Sequoia, which it needed it drastically. Yep. It's a huge update to the Sequoia. Very nice vehicle. Not that the old ones weren't, but very nice vehicle. Sort of fixed some of the things. It's kind of like my Colorado. They fixed some things in the vehicle that have needed done for a while that they sort of shelved and I think said, okay, so Sequoia's last. Well, I'll also tell you this. I think it was they saved the best for last. Because what they did with the new Sequoia, I tell you what, that thing competes well in the marketplace it's in right now because they have got it dialed in. It's a nice vehicle. And Sequoia is only like two years behind the Tundra. When the Tundra gets a refresh, the Sequoia is about two years behind it for a major refresh. Good point. Good point. So, anyways, uh, things you should never do while driving. We've talked about some of those things. Feel free to call in and let us know what those are, 303-477-5600. I had another text message that came in earlier. Let me get this one read off here 2015 super duty 85,000 miles 
Had a big overhaul with all the fluids exchanged, new belt, etc. Ford dealer said the truck is immaculate. Good. The only thing they didn't agree to were the hoses. They said they looked great. This kind of bothers me, and they noted on the invoice that they looked okay. What do we think? I've always had Ford dealers service a truck, and I know that they're not ideal in our world, but it would... But I get it. They typically don't go out of business. No, they don't. That's that, typically the Ford guys are there to service, you know, their their customers and so on. And I, and I get that. Um, they he also essentially make sure I'm rereading this. Make sure, essentially asking us our opinion on factory hoses at eighty five thousand miles on a Super Duty diesel. I think they're good to a hundred. Usually, I don't see them go. So depending upon how many miles a year you drive that, you might be a year or more away from actually needing to do the hoses. So in this case, dealers probably correct in their statement. Yep, I would I would agree with that. And again, a good technician can typically look at the hoses, feel them, and kind of tell what's going on. Although I will say this: the feel test isn't what it used to be. You really do now go more off of mileage and how the truck's driven, how hot's it getting, and so on. Do you tow with it, et cetera? That's more of what we're going off of now versus the the field test is almost a thing it's of almost, the past. Yeah, almost. It's almost gone. Isn't it? Because they're almost silicone hoses now on a lot of these trucks. And that's why we're getting 100,000 miles out of them like we used to. Sid, by the way, on the Silverado was listening. Thank you, Sid, for that and for for giving us uh, the update via text message so I don't have to text all that out. Thank you. All right, here's another one. Things not to do while driving. A lady had a wreck while driving to the Florida Keys while doing some very personal grooming. It's in. It's the basis for the book Razor Girl by Carl Halson. Okay, that's a book I didn't know anything about. I haven't read it. I've not read that <laughs> book. No, no, nothing of that book. Personal grooming. Um yeah, this thing kind of even goes back to the whole shaving thing Kurt was talking about earlier. That's another one where it's like, you know, get that stuff done at home. <laughs> I, you know, you brush your teeth and comb your hair and do your makeup and shave and get all that done before you get in the car. I think all of us have a little more pride on the interior of yeah, our car. Right. Right. Yeah, thanks. Most people, most people as well. Yeah, I'm I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that stuff in my car. I, I'm, I'm a very particular person, as you all know. I don't I've want looked that at your in cars. my car. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's you like you clean them every day. I, my wife gets mad at me. She's like, "Are we washing it again?" Yeah. yeah. You almost have <laughs> yeah. to take your shoes off to get in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like. I used a clean to have a school teacher did that in the eighties. I don't want that stuff in my car. No. I, okay, I, my wife's going to be mad at me for saying this, but she's got long blonde hair. And I'm one of these guys where the other day she gets in the car and she's got her hair brushed. I'm like, what are we doing? She's like, well, I was going to brush my hair. I said, not in the car, no. <laughs> she said, well, then I'll do it when I get out. I'm like, thank you. I don't want all that in the car. I just cleaned it. I just <laughs> I don't want all that in my car. So, yeah, I'm that guy. I know, I'm weird. My wife even says, you're weird. I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm weird. I get it. We're you not, still love me, though. We're just too rich. You still love me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, Kurt. Appreciate you, man. And uh, we'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Lines are open. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service specials this month. Get all four of your tires rotated and we'll do a complete brake inspection for only $29.99. Tires are expensive. And by rotating your tires every 5,000 miles, you will get longer life and even wear. You can also take advantage of Geno's $79.99 four-wheel alignment special. Potholes seek out your tires just about wherever you drive. Coming out of the winter months, your tires and suspension can have damage from icy roads and potholes. With a four-wheel alignment, you'll get better handling and longer tire life as well. 
We back up all our work with the Napa Nationwide Peace of Mind Warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Genos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic, altercations, and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. I want to thank Kurt for stopping by. I love Kurt's fun. I always love, love having him around. Good guy. And if you ever need anything mortgage-wise, give Kurt a call. 720-895-0500 is Kurt's number. Our number here. Text us if you have a question. 307-200-8222. You can call in as well. 303-477-5600. I know it's a really nice day outside. People are doing things. That's great. Don't blame you. On the same token, I know that Larry usually gets really busy at about 1230. Because everybody waits to call in about then. 
we're open now. You can call us now. We'll get things answered for you. So even if you want to take a little break from whatever you're doing and call us with a question, we'll get it answered. 303-477-5600. Things you should never do while driving is our question of the day. Question I have for you guys on just the whole used car end of things. What do you feel are some of the biggest mistakes people make when buying cars in general? New or used? I'm guilty of this. Um, I love impulse buying things. Mm. I'm bad about it. Take your time. Do, yeah. do a little research. Yeah. Um, ask questions. Get the legal pad out. I'm always the one that says, are you buying a car of any kind, new or used? Get a legal pad out. On one side, so draw a line down the middle of the legal pad. On the left side, put down all of your needs. Not mm-hmm. wants, needs. What right. do I actually have to have in a vehicle? Do I need two doors, four doors? Do I need a truck? Do I need a long bed truck, short bed truck? In other words, all the needs of what you need in the vehicle put on the left side. Now, on the right side, if you want to put your wants down, okay, more power to you. I want power seats. I want a sunroof. I want, you know, it's not a need. These are wants because no offense, no car needs a sunroof. You can get by. Trust me, you can get by without one. Or you know, hey, I need this or I need that versus I want this or I want that. They're not one and the same. Needs are needs. Wants are additional things. Where you know, I'd love to have this or I'd love to have this color or I'd love to have you know all the windows tinted or I'd love to have whatever. Okay, those are wants not needs. Once you have those two columns, you now start looking at okay, what vehicles. Within my budget, which, by the way, needs to be a number on there as well, I've got X to spend. How does all of these things above filter into that bottom line number and what vehicles are going to meet that need? And it's not just the cost of the car or the cost of your car payment. Let's make sure that we're how much is it to insure that car and how much is it to maintain it? Thank you, Justin. Own the car. Yeah, what's your total cost of ownership going to be in said car? So, all right, John and Littleton, you're up next. John, welcome. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? Good. Today? How are you, Good. sir? Great. Hey, I had a little uh, theft. Tried to break into my 06 GMC Yukon XL. Okay. And in doing so, they pretty much ruined the, the front driver door handle and the, you know, the metal yeah. around it. Yeah. So I was just going to run down to the junkyard, baby, and just try to find a replacement door. And I know there's Suburbans and Yukons and Tahoes. And, uh, is there a way to know... What will fit? On an 06, you should be able to use anything from 2000 until 2007. Okay. Because 99 was a different body style, and and, uh, and truck would be the same, by the way. So this would work on either, uh, you know, in trucks, you can actually go back a little bit further in age on a truck. But as far as Yukon Suburban... Uh, 2000 until 2007 are all the, or sorry, 2000 to 06. 07 was a new, was a new body style from 2000 to 06, all the same. John, there's a really nice website that we use quite often um, in the used car business. It's car-part.com. Yep. They have a listing of all the used yep. parts in America. Yep. That is a fantastic website for finding that. Uh, I shouldn't say that, all, that door. but probably 80%. Oh yeah. It's got the majority of them. Yeah. Anybody that subscribes to them, John is listed there. Mm-hmm. As far as as far as wrecking yards go, yeah. and and I know that's well, not the politically the correct kind of term, but like, oh, well, they do the same kind of thing. If I put it in my make and model in here, they'll yes. find all the different yep. years. Yes, and, models it, and color. It does yeah. it for you. And color. Yep. So if you want to try to match the oh. color, which you uh-huh. could do, so you're not having yeah. to paint and so on, you could do that. What color is yours, John? 
it's white, so there's oh, that's a easy. ton of white things out there. Yeah, uh, and, that, and now that one as well, and, the, and they will cross over because there's trucks also that will fit that as well. Because the, the driver's door of a truck would be the same as yours. There's no difference. Okay, whether it's the GM or the Chevy. All the GM, yeah, Chevy, GMC, doesn't matter. Any of those doors would be the same. Okay, that's There should be plenty of those white ones floating around. Now, right. the one thing you may have to look up on that is, believe it or not, there's different shades of white even in GM. So just because it's white doesn't mean it's your white. You may have to look up paint code, which they'll typically tell you how to do on the site to know exactly what white you have. Because sometimes the Yukons and Suburbans had a different white than the trucks did. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I do have the paint code, so that should be easy. Yeah, if you have paint code, that helps. And you can just match it up that way. And the other thing is make okay. sure what package you have, what trim package. Because some moldings, they drill different holes for different side moldings. So you'll have the moldings not match up, and then you go to put your moldings on, and all the holes are at different spots. So that's one thing you want to make sure it has the same moldings on it or same trim package. Is yours yeah. a Denali, John, or no? No, it's just a okay, good. SLT model. That, that actually helps because there's more of those doors around than there would be the Denali ones because that goes to what Josh just said a moment ago. Well, and I was wondering about that, too. I know that on the Yukon it has, you know, a certain kind of trim, which I just assume was glued on versus a Chevy or just Suburban has a different kind of trim, right, on the side of the door. Correct. Mm-hmm. Most of those are, are most of those are glued on the Denali's. That was different. They had holes and they had the big molding pieces that went on and so on. But yeah, you you you're actually in better shape. And do you have thoughts on how to get that? If I needed to replace a trim piece because I got a different kind of door, uh, what do you recommend to get the old trim off without breaking it? Heat gun. That's it. Heat gun and acetone. Yeah. And acetone. Okay. Okay. Great. Hey, and can I back up? You guys were talking earlier about battery cable replacements yes. or repair. Yes. I've got I've got that issue this morning, um, so what I based on your conversation, I was going to try to find a marine terminal, and then you suggested I get a like a lug to put back on the the bare wire. If you can afford it, buy the cable. Mm-hmm. I I can't find it. You can't Maybe find it through the through anybody. Uh, everybody just has a generic one, you know. You even GM doesn't have the actual cable. The oh, dealer. I, it, it's a it's a Honda. Oh, it's a Honda. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. This isn't the same vehicle then. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah, different different car. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, if you can't find the the factory cable, then yes, that would be the way to do it. And do you, did you say you would uh, try to solder on that lug no. or just... Uh, Dry crimp, crimp it is the best. Okay, so just crimp it. Okay, I can handle that. All right, good. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. You're very I welcome, really John. It. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call very much. Let's get Don in Arvada on. Don, welcome. How are you? Oh, I took four paper. Hello, Don. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What can we do for you? Well, my dad listens to your show faithfully. Good. Thank you. <laughs> so he came, <laughs> he came in and got me, but my mom's been looking into, like, different types of loans just to kind of consolidate debt and with the house. I'm not sure. Um, but my dad was listening to something, I guess, that you mentioned about an all-in-one loan. Uh-huh. And she's tried, I mean, every and anything imaginable. They have great equity in their house, beautiful home but just can't seem to get any help being self-employed So and having a small business. Yep. So I just was going to see um, and they're done if that. there was some way I could get, <laughs> could get some information. Yes, just write this number down. Have them call Kurt, 720. Okay, hold on one second here. 720. 895-0500. Uh-huh. So 0500. 
Kurt, you said? Kurt. So it's K-U-R-T, Kurt. Okay. Kurt Rogers. He's with Affordable Interest Mortgage. He's my mortgage broker. He's done Josh's stuff. In fact, most of my self-employed business coaching clients I have, Don, have used him. If they're in Colorado, they've used him to do their mortgage because of how well it works. And Kurt understands the self-employed world. Mm -hmm. He does really well. Which most don't, by the way. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, I'm in real estate myself, and I'm, I haven't heard of him. But well, I right, you, you keep his weeks. number handy, Don. He is a okay. guy, especially especially with self-employed people. Uh, again, not, as you know from what you do, not everybody understands our world. Kurt does. Right, and also, yeah, my mom owns a staging and decorating business. Nice. So she's self-employed. And nice. It's a smaller business, but she's been, you know, doing this for 20-plus years. I was going to say, as long as she's done it for two-plus years, Kurt can help her. Oh, yeah, 20. Perfect. 20 Kurt can plus. help her my out dad's then. Reti- yeah, my dad's retired and has some pretty serious health issues. And, you know, they're just trying to find somehow to yep. just get a little bit of help to consolidate, get a little cash out. This and, would do I mean, it. She's just... Yeah, and help them get that paid off faster at the same time, Don. And and in their world, even I feel personally, the all-in-one at their stage of what they're doing is even better than a reverse mortgage. Way better. Yeah, and they couldn't even do a reverse mortgage. That just was not happening. So my mom's just so exhausted on even talking to people and trying to find somebody because they have good equity in their home, beautiful home. They've had it over 40 years. You know, so the money is there, but nobody will give her a dime. (laughs) Call Kurt. Okay. All right. All right. Don, well, thank you. Thank you so much. And tell your dad thanks for listening. We appreciate it very much. Oh, yeah. He's a huge fan. Every time I come in here, you're on. Well, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate that very much. All right. Take care. You're thank very you. welcome, Don. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Yeah, Kurt's a great guy. He And, and as Josh tested, too. And, again, I've had many a mortgage broker over the years. I've been self-employed since I was 22, bought my first house in 86. And yes, every time you go to do something mortgage-wise, it's always a big hassle because most of the time the people that you're working with have no idea what that even means. Yeah, that's the first thing you usually tell them is I'm self-employed or small business And usually they give you the the thumb and, you know, the cross. They do. The exorcism. (laughs) They don't want to deal with you. (laughs) I even used that line on Kurt and he was like, okay. Yeah, he didn't care. He doesn't care. He understands that world very well. So, all right. Conrad, you're next. What's going on? On. Hey, morning, guys. You hey. know you're never supposed, you're never supposed to fart in the car, okay? Oh, there you <laughs> go. Good one. <laughs> that is, I, the F-A-R-D is, is not the same word. That no, fard means you're doing makeup, right? <laughs> right. That's, That's right. Anyway, I'm going to go out to my shop and, and put some ECR in that Torino and, and uh, talk with my buddy Jim Herzog the other day. He said, you know, if I do that, Several times it might, you know, kind of help it out until I finally get that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I would. Yeah, he says it'll it like almost does like a, a, a re-break in of the of the uh, rings and everything on on the engine when you do that, like breaking an engine in again. Right. Yeah. Basically, you're just going to loosen all those rings back up and see if we can't get things sealed up a little better to get you through. Yes. Yeah. So I get the other engine built. So yep. that's what I'm getting ready to do. Nice. Kind of windy up here. Windy up here is throwing today. I don't like that. I need to be back in Evergreen where it's calm. Well, make your way down eventually here, Conrad. Okay, buddy. You have a great week. Hey, man, guys. you too, Conrad. Appreciate you very much. And uh, if you're up in uh, up in that area, say hi to my friends Kent and Judy up at Sterling Novus up there. And if you're out and about, do that. And uh, Conrad, appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. 
Do you Hello, know that your radio is getting more expensive? To Chris Hammond with Kins and Leslie distributing your local BG products distributor. Back again this week with your BG tech tip. You may not realize it, but winter time can be most dangerous for your air conditioning system. You see, when the air is cold outside, you probably don't realize that your AC system is low on refrigerant. When your AC system is low on refrigerant, it is also low on lubrication. You see, a 10% loss in refrigerant actually represents a 40% loss in the lubricating oil in your air conditioning system. So, it is absolutely critical to make sure that you check your air conditioning system for leaks every single year. Any certified repair shop should be able to pressure test your system and check for leaks. And in doing so, you make sure that you always have the proper lubrication for your AC compressor and you never experience those hot, sweltering days without air conditioning. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Again, the guys from Boulder are with me today, Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline Auto Brokers, both uh, Josh and Justin joining us today, which I appreciate very much. And I know a great day outside, but any of you that have questions for us, we're here to answer. Text line 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. The main line here, 303-477-5600. Larry's answering calls. Question of the day, things you should never do when driving. Now, 
I also was going to talk today a little bit about, because we're kind of getting to that time of year, I might wait a week or so to really get into this fully, but since we got a little bit of time, I may do this right now, and since Justin and Josh are both here, that would also be how to tow properly. I have seen so many things lately, and I do all summer long because, you know, I head up the mountain occasionally, and of course I live at the bottom of the mountain as well, and I can tell you just from looking at things people tow, either they or someone, you know, either they don't know or someone told them wrong information because what they're towing with the vehicle they're towing it with should not be on the road. Correct. And I see that mm-hmm. more often than not. I'll even see things that, you know, just make me shake my head in regards to how the trailer itself is loaded, i.e., where is the weight mm-hmm. on said trailer. And rule of thumb for all of you listening, if you've never towed before, Rule of thumb is you can, yes, there are times where you can have too much tongue weight, but I'd rather have too much than not enough. Okay? Yeah, you want a little bit on there. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll have less issues. Now, you may have some suspension issues, and you know, the back end of the vehicle will drag a little bit with too much tongue weight, but too much is better than too little because too little gets to swaying, mm-hmm. and yeah. they get to be a handful because when you get too light of a load on the tongue, and people think, well, I don't want the back end squatting down. Well, you're better off with the back end squatting a little bit than you mm-hmm. are not enough tongue weight. Cause, and I, I know you want things to be proportioned the way it's supposed to be, but I've seen many a trailer start swaying with not enough tongue weight versus the other way around. Correct. And most don't seem to understand that. And I've, I've not bought a trailer from a trailer company in a very long time where I've personally been the one to go pick it up and so on. I've... I have done enough of them, though, to tell you that most trailer guys, especially selling RVs, don't care what you're towing it with. No, I wish they did. If it'll back up, hook up, and the wiring works when it leaves, I'll just tell you straight up. The majority of them out there don't care. As long as you've signed on the dotted line for the RV or the camp trailer or whatever it is and you've driven it off the lot, they don't care. And they don't have any liability either. It's, Not really. It's on you to drive it that, safe. If you're if you're pulling, I saw the other day a really sizable camper trailer being towed by an F one fifty. Now, yes, I know the F one fifty with an EcoBoost engine has plenty of horsepower, plenty of torque, and yes, it'll pull that load. But that doesn't mean the truck itself is capable of pulling the load that it has behind it. Or stopping the load. That F-150 will not stop nope. that load in an emergency. It doesn't have enough brakes. Now, some will say, well, it's got brakes on the trailer. Okay, and that's all you're going to rely on? No. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys know what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah. Is that oh, all you're yeah. going to rely on? <laughs> no. What if something happens and the trailer brakes aren't functioning properly? Or you don't have them adjusted properly? Or something happens with the plug and the connection goes out and you no longer have the ability to energize those brakes on the back. Now you are relying on the truck to do all the stopping. And is it heavy enough to do so, to mm-hmm. Justin's point? And one thing I always do is I always run with my lights on when I have a trailer. No, that way idea. I can look behind me and I can see the corner lights are working on the trailer. Good idea. So that being said, I hope that my brakes are working, mm-hmm. but at least I know there's power going back there. Well, and I'll also say this. One thing you should never do when driving is if you're that guy with that trailer, you should never be in the left lane. No. I'm just going to say it straight up. You should never be in the left lane. Some of you are going to say, well, I can drive that fast. Well, you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Even if you can, you shouldn't. I agree, John. I think the number one rule of pulling a trailer is slow down. 
Mm-hmm. Go, yeah, slow, steady, watch what you're doing, watch the people that are around you. People are going to cut you off, yes, because you're dry, You're that mm-hmm. guy with a trailer, and so people just automatically want to get in front of you. They don't want to be behind you for whatever reason, and I get it. You're driving you know, the speed limiter in some cases, maybe above the speed limit. You're with the flow of traffic, and they still are going to do everything they possibly can to mm-hmm. get around you. So the best thing to do is just let them. Give them room. Let them around. Be that guy that's being a little bit more courteous and going slower. I have seen a lot lately. I don't know why, but I have seen a lot of aggressive trailer-towing vehicles, middle lane, left lane, doing things they shouldn't, even weaving in and out of traffic. And I just think to myself, what are you doing, you knucklehead? Stop. Why? A, you're giving everybody that tows a trailer a bad name. B, you're doing things with that that you shouldn't be doing. And C, lastly, you're unsafe. So stop doing that. And I know there's some of you out there listening that know exactly what I'm talking about. The other thing I'm going to add to this really quick, if you are a construction guy and you, you haul any kind of a heavy trailer behind you, enclosed trailer, dump trailer, whatever, leave your factory wheels and tires on the dang truck. Yes. Do yeah. not put the 15-inch wide, way-out offset spoked rims with a little dinky sidewall on your truck to tow what you're towing. Number one, you look stupid. Number two, it ain't enough wheel and tire for what you're doing. No, it's not. It just isn't. I'm sorry I'm getting on on my soapbox here, but you guys that do that, you are knuckleheads. That is not the way it's supposed to work, period. That vehicle will not haul what you're hauling with it safely, given what you just changed on your truck. So don't do it. And use that money to maintain the trailers. Rather than the wheels and tires on the truck. Thank you, Josh. I mean, if I had a dollar for every dry-rotted or bald tire you see on a trailer. I mean, your work truck is your work truck. If if you got a show car at home, that's your show car. Mm -hmm. Your work truck needs to be made to do its job safely. And that doesn't mean it can't look nice and be nice and all that. And I get everything Justin just said, which I agree with fully. You can still make your truck look nice, but you're doing things to the truck that are degrading its ability to do the things you're trying to do with the truck. And the wheels and tires I just mentioned a moment ago are not helping you do what you need to do. They're actually hurting you at the end of the day. Dallas, what's going on? Oh, um my contribution to your question of the day is stop sending text messages while driving Mm -hmm. texting and driving yeah do not do that it seems so obvious but it's so routinely ignored oh like i said this this week dallas i looked over i think it was tuesday i looked over and the gal in the little blue uh you know porsche cayenne nice car by the way she could not decide what lane she wanted to be in or how fast she needed to drive because she was texting the entire time and how do i know that because as i was going around her in the right lane i could look over and see exactly what she was doing i i listen up to get to the point i drive a two i called you about the brakes about three weeks ago um we haven't done them yet my buddy's been sick okay (laughs) um this thing's a 2005 Ford Explorer with 91,000 miles on it, and I know the former owners, and they put 22,000 miles on it over 11 years. They're elderly. That's wow. why they sold it to me. Wow. They never drove it. It's got this, I think they call it the platinum dust paint job. Yes. Um, it has one tiny scuff above the gas uh, above the um, gas cap okay. opening. And otherwise, it's pristine. It has $2,000 in options. And my concern, because I've been worked over by the insurance companies, who shall remain nameless, in a wreck that totaled my pristine 2011 Ford Flex in Colorado Springs, 
seven years ago. It took me six years to crawl out of that hole. Thank you, State Farm Insurance, for nothing. Mm. Um, a vehicle that's this old, I'm going to get, if I get in a, a devastating wreck in the Denver Front Range area, not that that ever happens, I'm going to get crushed on an insurance settlement, aren't I? Depends on how you insure it. If you use American National Insurance, which is my insurance company, you can do a stated value on the car. Now, you're going to pay a little bit more in premium to do so, Dallas, but you can do full coverage on stated value. And when you do that, and let's say even somebody else's fault that runs into you, and it's now the other insurance company, American uh, American National is going to go after them for that stated value. They're going to make that claim happen. Either way, they're going to make you whole for whatever the stated value is on that claim. I didn't know that, and I'm 68 years old. See, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. State, stated value is way different than what most insurance companies do because you're you're stating at the beginning, and you, you'll have to probably get an appraisal, which can be done. That's not that hard to do. But you get an appraisal, and you basically give a stated value. It's, it's how, like, all my old cars done are, Dallas. So, you know, I, I go into American National, and I say, okay, this particular car is worth X amount of dollars. And they're like, okay, we can insure it for that. We need an appraisal. Let's verify that that, in fact, is the value of the vehicle. It's now stated value. I did that on the new Camaro ZL1 I just bought, by the way, because that's a car that will retain its value. It won't depreciate like a regular Camaro. So I can do stated value, Dallas, even on a new car. Yes, I'm going to pay a little bit higher rate, but really I'm not because I don't drive the car a whole lot anyway. So at the end of the day, I'm not really paying any more than I would otherwise. But I'm doing stated value on that car at the beginning. So if something happens, I'm covered. What do you think the value of this vehicle is since you're car guys? Uh, it's a 2005 Explorer, 95,000 miles. With, with 91,000 miles with $2,000 in options. It's got everything, the backup alarm, the tow package, uh, sunroof, fake walnut trim. It's, it's really beautiful. I would probably want to do a stated value of somewhere around twelve grand or so if it were me. Yeah, that's, that's about what I had in mind. Okay, okay. good. I, oh, and, oh, and by the way. I have tried to rent a U-Haul trailer because I have the tow package on this. The U-Haul company will not rent you a a trailer with this vehicle. Just for other Explorer drivers, I guess... They must have had a bunch of catastrophic accidents. Well, they did back in, when they had the big Firestone tire debacle. There was a lot of those companies, U-Haul being one of them, that just put a stated just put a policy in place from that point forward. We will no longer put a trailer behind this vehicle. And now, and and is that correct? Given that you're even driving a different model than what that one was, it doesn't matter. That's just their policy, Dallas. Sure. Okay. Thanks, guys. Enjoy you're correct, show. though. Thank you. In a lot of cases, they won't let you tow with a Jeep. There's a lot of U-Haul companies and, and tow companies or trailer companies that won't let you let you haul with a, a two-door Jeep, for example. Hard top or soft top? If you had a hard top. Hard top, you were would, okay. They would let you tow. No soft top. No soft top. Yep. They wouldn't let, touch you. So, again, very, very, yeah, that's very much the case. So, yes, you are correct on that. Pat and Golden, hang tight. We'll take your call as soon as we come back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. 
Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Pat in Golden, you're next. Go ahead, Pat. Hi, guys. Good morning. Hey, um, uh, we have a, uh, a nice little setup. We have a uh, Chevy Silverado 2500 uh, with the 6.6-liter Duramax yep. diesel and the Allison engine or transmission. Yep. And it came factory ready with the trailer towing package mm-hmm. on it. And we have a, uh, a fifth-wheel trailer. It's not a very big one. It's only about... Uh, 7,500 or so pounds okay. and dry weight. So um, plenty of power and things like that. But um, when we're getting ready to leave, uh, when we leave our house to go on a trip, we have a pretty decent steep hill that we have to try, drive up for probably, oh, three-tenths of a mile or so. Okay. And I uh, get a little concerned about getting the engine. The engine's nice and warmed up, but not the transmission. So is that something I need to be concerned about? Should I be trying to figure out how to nope. warm up that tranny before I w- nope. head out? That's not a problem. Okay. Nope. If you're sitting there even for, I don't know, a couple of minutes and letting it idle before you take off while you're kind of getting things buttoned up and so on, that transmission's already warming as it's sitting there, and no, you'll be fine. Even if it's just sitting in park? Yep, you'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, I think that's about all I need to know. I think so. I'll feel better because we're getting ready to go on a trip here in a few weeks. Well, nice. Well, be, be safe and have fun, Pat. Thanks a lot. Enjoy your day. You're very welcome. You want to add to that, Josh? And most transmissions have, for the coolers, have a thermostat on it. Right. They're not opening up, up until, that's right. Exactly. It's just like your engine, as far as that goes. They're, they're wanting that to get warmed up, and, yeah, that's not a huge, huge issue. Uh, I mean, if it was dead of winter... I might let it warm up a little longer in the driveway before going up that hill, but this time of the year, doing what you're doing, Pat, yeah, I can't see that you'd have any issues. By the way, that's the right way to do that. He's got the right, of course, he's got the right trailer because you're living in that thing home away from home, but he's got the right truck to tow that trailer with, so good job. I've Again, I've seen, unfortunately, half-ton 1500 series trucks mm-hmm. with a fifth-wheel plate <laughs> in the back. Hauling something. And, and here's the deal. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but I'll, I'll take a minute here and talk about this just to get the understanding out. Just because the manufacturer will put out a GVWR rating that, let's say that, that F-150 I just mentioned ago, some of those will have a 10,000-pound, 10.5 GVWR rating on the truck. What I haul combined weight, 10,500 pounds with an F-150. No, I would not, folks. I just wouldn't. Justin said it earlier, the braking side of the fence would be the biggest reason that I would not do that. The transmission side, that even though they've rated it for that, that's really hard on a light duty, which is what that is, light duty transmission. Will the engine and the power that it has be enough to do that? Yes. Theoretically, yes. Oh, it is. They're enough power there. It'll haul it no problem. Uh, I mean, we, we hauled... A lot more weight back in the day with a lot less horsepower than what a, you know, <laughs> EcoBoost engine will do today. So, yes, in fact, you'll have enough power to do whatever you want to do with it. But keep in mind, too, the GVWR, I want to make sure that we're correct in what we say there. GVWR, gross vehicle weight rating, 10.5. So if the truck weighs roughly 47, 4,600 pounds, now that's dry if you get it loaded up with fuel and gear and people and so on. Let's just figure that truck weighs 5,000 pounds, round numbers. And let's just say that it's got a GVWR of 10,000 pounds. That means you have 5,000 pounds is all of GVWR on the truck. That doesn't mean that you can go put a 10,000-pound trailer behind it because it has a 10,000-pound GVWR rating. So even this last one where the the fifth-wheel trailer weighs 7,500 pounds, 7,500 plus the 5,000-pound truck itself puts you at 12.5. If it's a 10.5 GVWR, you're over by 2K. That's how those numbers work, folks. In fact, if you look at the door sticker on any truck, it'll even tell you front versus rear Mm -hmm. on the rating. It'll have an overall front and rear, front axle, rear axle, which, again, you need to pay attention to those things because in some cases, if you're, if you're using a tag-along trailer, for example, uh, you may need to use a weight-distributing hitch. And what I mean by that is those are the ones that have the torsion bars where it's going on to the hitch assembly itself that attaches to the truck. There's torsion bars that then run back to the frame of the trailer itself. When you crank those up, there's multiple different ways of doing that. But essentially, when you crank those up, you literally will see the back end of the truck raise half inch to an inch because you're essentially connecting the trailer and the truck together suspension wise probably the best way for me to say that those torsion bars are adding some some weight distributing that's why they call it a weight distributing hitch and when you see something that says with a weight distributing hitch which a lot of the manufacturers will say it will haul xxx with weight distributing hitch Mm -hmm. That's the kind of hitch they're talking about as to what I just said. That's not just a receiver hitch with a ball on it. 
Okay, that that's not what they're meaning by that. Weight distributing hitch means it's got some sort of a torsion bar assembly whereby you're cranking those up, distributing the weight from the trailer back to the truck. That's why the back end of the truck will come up some. And you sometimes, by the way, I'm one of these. You look at that and you think, how in the heck does it do that? You know, whatever the engineer was that designed all that was a real smart cookie because there's still times where I'll look at that assembly and say. How is that actually working? I mean, I know how it works because you're actually on the ball hitch itself, which is then connected to the truck. You're then spring-loading the frame of the trailer back to the truck, and I get the principle. But there's still times where you look at that and just go, wow, that works? Yes, it does. Now, all that being said, in the case I just gave you, you still can only haul a 5,000-pound gross wet trailer behind that truck mm-hmm. not a 7,000 pound tongue trailer a 5,000 pound trailer so you have to really be careful when you start looking at these things to make sure that you're not overloading the truck with everything you're hauling behind it the other thing i've seen people do is they do all that then they throw another thousand pounds in the back of the truck yeah, so now you're a 6,000 pound yeah. truck with a 5,000-pound trailer, and you're now over. Now, will you ever be pulled over for that? Probably Doubtful. not. No. Not unless you got a landscape or a company name on the side, then you will, for sure, get mm-hmm. pulled over. But if you if you don't have any kind of a company name on the truck, will you ever get pulled over? By the way, that's the sad part of all of this. The rules, the playing field is not equal. If it said Ridgeline Auto Brokers on the side and it had a car trailer on the back and you're hauling it with a Chevy Colorado and everything is overweight, will you get pulled over? Absolutely you will. If there's no name on it and you just did what I said, will you get pulled over? No. In fact, if they're behind you running plates and it comes back to just Justin, will you get pulled over? No. If it comes back to Ridgeline Auto Brokers, will you get pulled over? Yes. Is it fair? No. But that's how it works. Same reason why you can be 75 years of age, nothing against you guys that are 75, but you can be 75 years of age, go out and buy a 40-foot bus, mm-hmm. motorhome, essentially, push your diesel bus that you would with air brakes, that you would normally have to have a CDL license to drive if you had any kind of a company name on the side of it, Greyhound, for example. But because you're a homeowner or a regular driver, and it's just a RV, recreational vehicle, you cannot have to have any kind of CDL endorsement and drive the same thing that any of my guys would have to have a CDL for. In fact, my guys have to have a CDL. If we, if we go over 26,001 pounds GVWR, even if they're empty, I have to have a CDL driver in a 5,500 series truck with a 10,000-pound dump trailer behind it. I now have to have a CDL driver driving that even if they're empty. And yet, Joe Homeowner can go drive the same thing scot-free. It's not fair, but it's the rules we have to play by. So Kathleen is up next. Kathleen, welcome. Thank you, John. When I am out driving occasionally, I see people walking in the street, but they're walking on the wrong side of the street. Ah. So how about some Saturday, or when you do your drive radio, what side of the street is the safe side of the street to walk on? If you're walking, and this is easy, Kathleen, if you're walking, you're supposed to walk at traffic. Not with mm-hmm. it, but at it. Facing traffic. Fas- yeah. Facing traffic. Yes. If you are, and that's, that's including, I think, even if you're on sidewalks and so on, Kathleen, I want to see 
the vehicles. And I know there's mm-hmm. times where that's not exactly possible, but if, if you can ever walk at traffic, even on sidewalks, you should. Amen. Big amen. Yep. yep. And biking is the opposite. You're supposed to bike with the traffic, not Correct. against traffic. Correct. Correct. And lastly, my biggest pet peeve, Kathleen, if you're riding a bike, get off the dang sidewalk. Oh, yes. Because pedestrians yes, are using that, not you. And and how about stopping at a stop sign? I know they yes. said you don't have to. Yeah, but the new law, you sh- don't have to, but I think you should. They should. Yes, they should. I agree, Kathleen. Oh, yes. Good stuff. Oh, okay, well, thank, thank you, you very No, much. perfect. You're, you're spot on. And, yes, if you're walking and you're in one of those areas where... Where and I know that's not always possible. Sometimes you 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 know you have to walk a short distance and it has to be with traffic. But I tell you, man, you better be looking behind you, paying attention, really watching what goes on because man alive, that is you're just, it's just an accident waiting to happen when those things happen. So yes, you are supposed to walk at traffic, not with traffic. Bike riding with traffic, not against traffic, because you want to be going with the flow at that point in time. And yeah, I'm a big one on if you're riding a bike, stay off the dang sidewalks because of, and even the scooters and stuff. If you're in a scooter that is, is electric powered and so on, get off the dang sidewalk because you're just now a hazard to people that are walking and cars are not watching for you when they're crossing the sidewalk like they would be with pedestrians. So, all right, another hour coming your way. Lines are open 303 477 5600. This is Drive Radio KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.